Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, Obviously, every year this is a big day for everybody in uh, college football because uh, you're introducing a class of young men that uh, hopefully will come here and uh, be successful and and help your program get better and better as you go. Um, in most cases at this level, you have a couple guys uh, that do a lot of the work getting this done. And Tony White's our recruiting coordinator and also coaches our corners, but he does a great job. And Kevin McGarry are the two guys on our staff that are responsible for the organization, uh, finding, helping find these guys, and then helping our assistant coaches go out and recruit these guys. Then our and then our assistant coaches did a really nice job of recruiting uh, this year, like they always do. But now, now that we have this class, and now they're they're all signed up. You have a list there. They're all signed up, and we're going to say wonderful things about them for the next uh, day or two. Now, now it's time to start training them and developing them into college football players. I made a little, or I tried to make a little bet with the assistant coaches that in four years from now, which one of these guys on this list is going to be the very best player on our team? And uh, no one would take the bet because there's no telling which one's going to be the best player. There's no telling which ones are going to thrive and which ones are going to have, struggle with the new speed and size of the competition. So overall, it's a really good class, fit a lot of our needs. Uh, off a of high school film, uh, there's a lot of really, really good football players on that list. Um, when we find out how they mature or how quickly they mature, we'll have a lot to do with how good our team is three and four years from now. So I'm not going to point one any of them out individually. Uh, but you can see there, you know, that uh, we have s- several kids from the local area. You can see we have a lot of kids from California. And then you can see we have kids from other parts of the country, too. In fact, uh, we have two Canadians on there. It's the first time I think we've recruited a Canadian. So we've got two Canadians on there, big linemen. And uh, hopefully we'll develop them into great players. So anybody have any questions? I, I'm not sure it, it's made a difference. I, I think that we, I think we get a lot more positive feedback when we go to high schools, and we get a lot of positive feedback as we start recruiting these kids. I, I think your players are the best recruiters that are working for you. Your your current players, because they're the kids. Um, coaches have a great. A lot of our coaches are real good salesmen. There's a lot of coaches out there that recruit that that's why they have jobs is because they're really good recruiters, not they're good football coaches. They're really good recruiters. But what really tells you the truth about the program is when those kids visit and you put them with your players. If they fit in with your culture, if they fit in with your players, 
they have great chance of success. If they don't fit in with your players, they don't usually come here. So just because there's a five-star recruit out there that we're recruiting, he might not end up here because he didn't fit in with our players or our players didn't fit in with him one way or the other. So what we're getting with our recent successes, what we're getting is we're getting into homes that we never got into before. But what we're, I think we're getting, we'll find out about these guys, what we're getting is similar type kids. We have very good young men in our program, very few issues, very few problems. And there are kids that come here with the right attitude. They want to work. They want to get better. They want to get a degree. So a lot of times that's not the guy that's on ESPN because those guys want something else. Okay, so we don't always get those kind of guys. What we get is good guys that want to be good football players and want to be part of a team. I think it's all a combination. Uh, I mean, they, they watch TV. You know, the more you're on TV and the more success you on TV have on TV, they know that. Uh, I think the timing of our bowl game this year was really important because we happened to be one of the first bowl games out there, so they were actually still watching bowl games. And we had a, we had a real good day. So the majority of them saw that. That got us into recruiting battles. Now, if you, wanna, if you, if you want us to brag... There's probably half those guys that re got recruited by Power 5 teams. Several of them got recruited by several Power 5 teams. That doesn't mean they're any better than the kids we recruited last year. It might, it might be a sign that we're getting into different areas of recruiting, but they're the same kids. These are the same kids we've recruited over the last three or four years. If they come in with the right attitude, they have a great chance to be successful, and if our coaches do their job by developing them, we'll continue to have really good football teams. Well, I think it probably helped us in a lot of places, and it probably helped us in Texas. But the reason we have a lot of Texans on our team, number one, is because we have four coaches on our staff that are Texans, that were born in Texas, grew up in Texas, and they have some connections there, and they have some friends there, and they can really evaluate the talent there, and they, know, they also know which kids will fit in here. So it's, coaches are better at uh, recruiting when they're comfortable with their environment. And when they know some of the people that make the decisions, that helps too. Can you uh, talk about the little late surprise you saw with uh, Mark Salazar? When did, when did you guys offer him and how did he be able to pull him away from Fresno? I'm glad you asked that question because I think it's a really good question. We recruited Mark Salazar. We've been recruiting him for the last nine months. A lot, of, a lot of programs in this country will offer 100 to 150 scholarships when they can only give 25. We have a particular formula on how many kids we'll take by position. We don't offer any more than we have spots for. Okay? So we keep recruiting kids that we have not actually offered a scholarship to because of our system of numbers we don't want to offer more than we have so if somebody drops out on us 
that opens up a spot. But we've been recruiting Mark. We think he's a really good player. We've been recruiting him for nine months. And then we just happened to have a scholarship open toward the end of recruiting, and thank goodness he's still coming. No, I, I think we I think we knew uh probably Monday. We knew pretty we were pretty safe on Monday. But we've been surprised before because on Tuesday morning we're told one thing and on Wednesday morning a kid is signing with someone else. That's happened to us also. Did you say that's boring? <laughs> I, I think it's easier on the stress level for us as coaches. It's much easier on us stress-wise that all the kids that had committed to us stayed with us. I think that's much less stressful. But if you want my opinion, and this is just a guess, I think it goes right to our football program. Our football program is a very, very stable football program. We've been good for a long time. The coaching staff is very stable. We lose very few coaches. The kids in our program are really good kids. They attract kids like them. So it's, uh, I think that uh, we have less likelihood of people jumping from us after they commit than other people do. How much does it help? You talk about winning and bowl games helping recruiting. What about when you have a guy like John L. Humphrey who gets put the ass kicked out there as far as the national team as well? Just from you know, his point, does that help? I, I think it helps us get in into the recruiting battle with guys. Uh, but all you have to do is look at what we do on offense and defense and see where it's easier for, easy for us to recruit. It's really easy for us to recruit running backs because of the success our running backs have had over the last 80 years. Uh, so obviously they want to be the next Donnell Pumphrey. That's what they want. So it's easy to recruit them. Uh, because of the offense we run, we have pretty good success with tight ends and offensive linemen. Because of the defense we run, we have really good success with DBs and linebackers. Uh, some of it is, is the system we use, but I'm telling you the best recruiters here right now are our players. And our players are good about it too. They'll tell you if they don't want that guy around. They'll tell you if that guy doesn't fit in. So... They're the best recruiters. When you're recruiting them, how's the discussion go as far as how quickly they're going to make an impact on the play? Or you say most likely he's going to redshirt? How's that discussion? The recruiting pitch to every kid is if you want a redshirt, tell us you want a redshirt. And most of them don't. Most of them want to play. And so then you tell them that they will be given an opportunity to prove that they're in our top 44. And if he's a freshman or not, it doesn't matter to us. If he's in our two deep on both, either side of the ball, offense or defense, if he's in our two deep, he's going to play. Unless he specifically told us he wanted to redshirt. Uh, I think some other people probably promise some things. We don't promise anything except an honest opportunity to prove they can play. Hmm. I would say that's about equal. 
I mean, if you have a bad year, you're not going to have near as much success uh, in recruiting. But if you have a coach that a player has gotten comfortable with and friendly with and trusts the coach and it's coming up to signing date and that coach leaves, there's a real good chance that kid's going to go someplace else. Because I think our assistant head coaches, we don't – I'm going to admit this to you, and most head coaches won't. Head coaches have very little to do with what, who we get in recruiting. Because of rules, we can only see them one time off campus. And then we see them when they're here for the official trip. Assistant coaches can see them once a week. They, they can talk to them a bunch of times. Uh, they, they develop personal relationship with recruits. So I think a coach as a salesman or as a friend or whatever, recruits get comfortable with coaches. And so if you lost a really good recruiter that had great relationships with the recruit and he left, there's a good chance you're going to lose those recruits too. I think the, we try to use the new stadium a little bit toward the end of recruiting. I think the only time the new stadium is going to make an impact on recruiting was when they actually see it being built. Just saying so and showing them a picture doesn't do a darn thing. There, there's one there's one big need that we did not uh, fill right there that we're still in the process. And we have scholarships available. You can sign 25 a year. Uh, and we've left a couple scholarships on pur purpose. We need a punter. And we, we were not able to recruit a punter in this. Right now we are, have not been able to recruit a punter. That's a real good observation. <laughs> uh, if you watch the, I think it was the ESPN award show on national TV when they get, had the three best punters in the country up there, all three of them were Australians. All three of them were Australians. And they have, they have a, I don't know what it's called, an academy-type deal down there where they, where they take those guys and they train those guys. Well, we've been on the phone to Australia several times over the last week or so. So there's a good chance that he might come from Australia. <laughs> I don't know why they're better, but right now they're dominating and punting. I don't. I think there's two things that that when someone starts recruiting a majority of junior college players to their program. That's either their personality, they like working with older kids, or they're trying to fill holes. In our case, we only recruit junior college players when we need an older, more veteran guy to fill a hole. Okay, what that tells me, since that's our philosophy, what that tells me is we, we think that we have our program in really good shape, senior, junior, sophomore on down. So we'd rather take a freshman and try to um, fit him into our system 
and developing him into a better player. Every one of these guys is going to be a better player as a fourth or fifth-year senior than a junior college player is in two years because they'll be in our system. We won't make as many mistakes. They'll be trained to do things the way we do them. They'll just be better players when they're fourth and fifth-year seniors. They're just better. Junior college guys, there's when you have a big hole there and you don't have somebody that's a sophomore or a junior to step into that hole. I say that, and then we have a whole bunch of freshmen and sophomores that better play really good in the offensive line next year or we're in trouble. <laughs> I think he's going to be a great player for us. Uh, by standards, he's a little short, but he's a big, tough, rough uh, guy on the field, and he is a great kid off the field. Really good student. Got a great. He has a great family. Uh, he he wanted to stay in San Diego, and then just go get online and look at his highlight tapes. That's the kids you get off the field is not that guy you see on the field. He's a big, mean, tough guy now. You know, when he drives those little poor high school kids back 10 yards in the backfield and puts them out of the end zone and on their backs, I hope he can do that at our level too. Then he gets off the field and he's about the nicest guy I've ever been around. Those are the perfect kind. It's one of the most important days of the year to continue your progress as a program. But go ask those other, those nine coaches in that other room that have been on the road for about the last six weeks. They're really happy it's over. No, I, I think that helps our program. I, I think the majority of uh, young young men, because they, we start recruiting them in April, evaluation periods and all that, the majority of the highly recruited young men out there that have a lot of choices know where they want to go by December. And so they ought, to, they ought to go ahead and stop wasting everybody's time and sign with that school. And, in a, and the reality of the situation is we get people committed to us, too. And a lot, of the, a lot of programs will wait on a guy because his grades aren't quite good enough, and he can wait through December to see what his grades were in the first semester of high school. And if the grades aren't very good, he can go poach somebody from somebody else. This will clear up the picture for us guys that are going to have to recruit people all the way till February. It'll clear up the picture for us. And it'll also allow those guys to take some of the pressure. The, the kids that are getting recruited, they, they come under unbelievable pressure from December to February. Even though they've committed to a school, that, that, that's the worst thing they can do as far as the kind of pressure they get. They commit to one school and there's 14 others that are trying to change their mind for six weeks. Well, this way they can sign and they can get that off their backs and they can go about enjoying their last year of high school. So I think it's really good for the student-athlete and I think it's good for a program like us because now it clears up the picture for us.
Roman, the quarterback from Texas, and what kind of system he played in, and Salazar's system at Oregon? <laughs> both, both of them are basically spread quarterbacks. And, and both of them have uh, a lot of the same traits. They're really good in the pocket. They're really good in getting out of trouble. They can make plays with their feet, and they both got really good arms and are fairly accurate with the football. It, it's really hard to find pro-type high school football teams. They're, they're, they're either in the wing tee, which means 99% run, or they're in the spread. So for them to, you know, they'll have to develop in our program too to do some of the things you do as a pro quarterback. There's, there's no difference between the quarterbacks in every other position. The biggest change is the speed and the size and the ability of the opponent. Uh, you'll learn how to take a snap from under center in one week. That won't be a problem whatsoever. Our, our reads are no harder than they are in the spread. The difference is the guys running the routes are bigger and faster, and so are the guys covering, and so are those guys chasing them around. So that's the biggest, getting used to the difference in speeds, the biggest – especially quarterbacks, but every position, that's the biggest difference. There's, we cannot find any high school fullbacks. Nobody has a fullback anymore. The ones that actually use a fullback type blocker, he's an extra tight end that goes in motion. He's a U-back or whatever people call him. So there are no more fullbacks out there. So we will develop a fullback out of somebody else. They're, our fullback right now is going to be the, one of the best fullbacks in the country like they have been for the last three or four years. And he came here as a quarterback. And when we first moved him to fullback, he acted like a quarterback trying to play fullback. <laughs> go, go watch. If you want to watch real close, go watch the bowl game, and you tell me if he's a fullback or not now. He is a fullback now which gives him some opportunities that a lot of people don't get because there, there's not any fullbacks left. Rocky, uh, I know you mentioned earlier that there were schools that made inquiries to other members of your staff uh, during the offseason so far. Nonetheless, everybody's still here. Is this an unusually tight group? I mean, how, how close are you guys? I think, I think uh, now I'm prejudiced. I think we have as good or better coaching staff than anybody else in the country uh, because we have young and enthusiastic guys and we have old, mature, experienced guys. And we have a, co we have a combination of the two, and they, we fit really well together. I don't think anybody would leave our coaching staff unless they're going to get a big raise or they're going to get a promotion to a higher position. They're not going to leave uh, to get the same job someplace else. But the more success you have, the more of those pay raises and the more of those opportunities arise. I just, like you said, we had three guys that got interviewed for other jobs. And they're very qualified for those jobs. They just didn't get the job this time. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen here pretty quick or more often.
Well, we actually uh, recruited a couple older defensive linemen, okay, because we were a little short there. Uh, we added, uh, you know, obviously we added some freshman linebackers, but that's normal. And we added what we hope are freshman DBs that can play this year. I actually think at wide receiver and defensive back, you can play as a freshman as long as you have enough ability and enough confidence in your own ability. These guys all have enough ability. The DBs all have enough ability to play as freshmen. And, and we're going we're gonna to need some of them to play as freshmen. So, you know, the only – I mean, we took uh, a couple older guys in the D-line because we needed some older, more experienced guys. Yeah, they're they're still waiting. If the appeals are in, they're still waiting. Our feeling as a as a program is that Naeem will not get it, and Randy Ricks will. That that's our feeling. Yeah. But no one took on recruiting. Yeah, we we didn't base those guys into our recruiting. Well, that's that's a funny thing. I know exactly how you use a fax machine, but we don't hardly use a fax machine anymore. Can I help? I mean, <laughs> no. Most of it's most of it's by email now, and actually, you can DocuSign. And we tried that with one of our guys that came in mid <laughs> midterm, and it got all messed up. So we didn't do DocuSign. We actually, but we did do email. Now we did have like three came over the fax machine too. Yeah, so. I know how to use a fax machine. I'm not sure I could have sent a letter email, though. I'd have given it to Patsy and asked her to do it. <laughs> we haven't had any transfer out. We had two seniors that, can, that could have played next year, okay, that are going to graduate in May and decided to uh, move on to the next uh, their next career, and it was their choice totally. Chase Favreau and uh, Kalen Montgomery. Rocky, you've, you've said usually linemen don't play their true freshman year. You've also said that nobody is a redshirt for sure. They're going to get a chance. Now, I've noticed you have three freshman linemen who are at least 300 pounds, and one of your rationales is they grow a few pounds during their true freshman year. Are you going to No, all freshmen will be given a chance. They'll be given a chance, too. In the first couple of weeks of training camp, they'll be given a chance to prove that they're one, either first team or second team. After about two weeks of training camp, if they're not considered first or second string, they go to the scout team. And we have some young guys ahead of them, too. We're losing four seniors in the offensive line. We have one starter coming back. Now, we have, and I'm going to say this, but the young guys that are going to replace those guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're more athletic than the four seniors we lost. But they have not hardly played in a college football game. So somewhere along the road, they're going to be better than we, we, what we played with last year. I hope it's before halfway through the season because they won't be as good at the beginning of the year. They won't. They just won't be that good. In fact, it might be embarrassing the first couple games.
But eventually, they're going to be really, really good. That's the difference between us and pros. If we really wanted to and we had enough money, we'd go buy a bunch of veteran offensive linemen and you wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, he finished high school football in L.A., but uh, he's French. In fact, on his trip, he had his uh, brother with him, and when he wasn't talking to us, they were talking in French. We have no idea what they were saying. Uh, but, he, but he's a young guy with very little experience that has a lot of upsides, big, strong guy. He's already here. He's been through several workouts and hung in there pretty good. So, you know. That's, be, that's because he came to the high school in L.A. with a lot of credits that counted toward graduation, so he graduated early. We did that with him because he was a special case. I would much rather a freshman not come midterm, even if, the, even if they've got enough to graduate, enough credits to graduate, I would recommend they stay in high school for the last semester of their high school career. I don't know about you, Ruben, but that was may maybe the best time I've ever had in my life, <laughs> the last semester of my senior year in high school. And I'd hate to see them miss out on that. The kids in Canada, do they play 12-man football, three downs like the CFL, or is it normal? Depends on which province you're in. See, I actually have some experience with this. Uh, <laughs> Most, most of them that actually play in high school play by American rules, okay? But they have junior football also up there, and junior football is the same age as high school guys. So they can play on a high school team and a junior team. Well, the junior team, which they kind of use as a minor league system for the CFL, the junior teams, they play Canadian rules. Okay, so they they play both basically. If they're if they're a guy playing on both the junior team and the high school team, they play both styles. There's some colleges that play when they play each other. They play 12 man football. When they go play a team in the states, they play 11 man football. That's why they say they lose because they have to know both rules. There's not a lot of head coaches in the country would have known that too. By the way, I want you. <laughs> Yes, sir. Thank you.